Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad you're here as we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey, and the boys are back in town. Hey, yo. The boys are back, back in town. I love boys that song. The boys are back in town. From three days on a crazy adventure to D.C. and Maryland. And this guy just stacking up the trips. He did. He went from there to Bible study. Yeah, men's church retreat. So got landed Friday It's what, 11.30, got back at midnight, and... Woke up at 5.30 to go to Jermaine's group. Was it a Bible study? It was, was an intervention. I was really, <laughs> I know. It, it's funny. Yeah, the, they check in, turn in, you know, all their stuff. And they're like, you feel like at a rehab center or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Got my mind right. It was good to have our men's Bible group for two days and refri- recharge the batteries. Get my mind right. I, mean, yep. I was very inspirational that first day. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. The... But you and you took a trip before you. We haven't had you on since your your trip before that too, right? Yeah, maybe not. What trip was that? I can't remember. You probably went to Florida. Or you went? Yeah, oh, you were in the Bahamas. That's oh yeah, I was in the Bahamas. Yeah, Bahamar. That place is wild. Yeah, do, it's like do, adult spring break. Uh, that doesn't. I mean, did that set your mind right? I mean, like, come <laughs> no, on, that, we're here grinding here. I know that would be full of all the ideas, but I'm seeing going happen right here. I was like, ah, oh, we need we need whiskey shooters and icicle form. Let's go. That's right. Yeah. That, that's not our demographic down there. <laughs> Maybe nightcaps, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Bahamas was good. It was just a, you know, when we can't handle freedom as adults with our kids. So it was more of a party, but it was a lot of fun and good to hang out with our friends that celebrated their 40th birthday. It's like, you know, when it's like when you're like in your late 20s, early 30s and everybody's getting married and you're all you have is bachelor parties and weddings. And like, it seems like the last year, year and a half has been everybody's turning 40 and everybody wants to do something <laughs> epic. It's like, I don't know. I should plan something epic for my 40th birthday. You should. When is that? Are we, are we uh, invited? Next next August. Not this coming on. Next August. Yeah. I think. Mine's not this sure April, but next April. So let's see. That hey, we can be... do a joint one. Me yeah, yeah, so in 2020. <laughs> Knock it all out at once. Yeah, 2025. That's the problem. You got, you got too many friends and like every weekend he's gone. I was like, see, that's why I don't have friends. Yeah. Everybody yeah. considers me a friend. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I consider them friends. <laughs> Well, we, I'm, I've been here, but you all just came back and I thought this would be a, an opportune time uh, to reflect. It's, it's actually similar to where we were a couple episodes back too, in regards to kind of going into other markets. So you all had a launch in a, a new market and I'd kind of just be curious to hear about that experience and you all went there firsthand and had a bunch of experiences. So I'd like to hear a little bit more uh, about what that was like and if that seems like it's been, you know, different or typical to maybe some of the other market intros you guys have had so far. Yeah, I'd say before we dive into it, we'd get a shout out to our distributor, Prestige LaDroit. Uh, I mean, they hooked it up. They did a lot of pre-work. As Ryan said, this might have been one of the most organized efforts that we have ever seen in regards to doing this. So even to set the stage properly, you know, they put in a, a PO for 120 cases, which isn't too much, you know, 40 of, of some of our SKUs, we didn't have any toasted bourbon. They sold it all out before we even got there. Oh, my gosh. And so they put in another PO, right? So the fact that they had sold out pretty much everything before we got there, like that tells you that they're, you know, they've got their their head right, that they're really focused and driven on making sure that when you are going to launch, like you're doing it right. So, you know, shout out to them for making sure, you know, Mike and Chris, all them, they did a fantastic job of making sure that we had basically, like they set it up and we knocked it down. That's as e- easily as I can say it. So we got there, which I guess we could kind of start with the the first funny thing that happened. So, you know, we land at what, 
7 a.m. Yeah, 7.45, 8 a.m. on Wednesday. And Ryan has to go because he's he's got to go cover 400 miles in the state that day. He basically drove to Florida and back. I, on the other hand, I got a rental car and get to go meet my person, which is Natalie. So shout out to Natalie if she ever listens to this one. And we were doing a lot of on-premise accounts, making sure we hit some restaurants and bars and stuff like that. We, of course, the, the problem with the on-premise, it's not a problem. It's exactly how it should work is that they don't really like to get started before 10 Mm a.m. So she said, I actually have two off-prem accounts, which is actual liquor stores that we can go to beforehand. So we go to the first one. Uh, It was fantastic. You know, like I said, this was, we went to Remington Bottle. So shout out to Bruce. We actually had a good conversation. Bruce actually has his own I think it was Sochi. It was a Japanese kind oh, of yeah. like rice whiskey or whatever, but it was fantastic. But anyway, got a chance to hang out with him over at Remington Bottle. And then we were actually heading about 30 minutes away to another one of our off-premise accounts. And we went in the store. The person that was supposed to be there wasn't there, so it was kind of a, a bummer letdown. But we go out to the, the parking lot. I try starting the car, and it's just dead. I mean, I, oh. I click it. It's just like... And I'm like, well... It's weird because usually if it's the battery, like you hear kind of like the engine trying to go. And I was like, you know what? It's a rental. Like, I'm just going to give it everything it's got, right? So I'm gassing it. I'm breaking it. I'm I'm just cranking on this damn thing. All of a sudden, this engine starts smoking. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so I go, well, I think this one's about had it. And that's when it was basically a 30-minute fluster of just like, what the hell do I do? I knew there was a, a rental car agency just like it was like a mile and a half away. So I said, Hey, just drop me off over there. Hopefully they can give me a new car. I go over there and they said, Yeah, we don't we don't even have any new cars for you. You gotta call roadside assistance. So I call roadside assistance and I was Ryan seen me flustered. I, I get short. I get really <laughs> short with people and I was not the happiest person. I was like, Listen, I've got an appointment in like thirty minutes. Just give me a new car. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. And she was you know, she had to, she had to do her thing. She had to go through the script and say, can you put the car in neutral? Does it start? Like, does it have gas? And I'm trying to like, are you with the car? No, I'm not with the car. Did you leave your keys with the car? No, I have the keys. It's at this, you know, it's at this rental car center. You got to come and you got to come get the car. I'm not going to bring the car to you. I'm not going to sit here and wait for the tow truck. So anyway, then after all that, she goes, okay, now I'm going to get you a new car. And so I have to take a, Uber all the way back to BWI to the airport to oh go get a gosh. new car. And then from there, ended up missing another appointment just because of that. But then again, ended up meeting Natalie, hit a few different accounts after that one. So I want to say shout out to Bob at our bar, Michael at the backyard, and Matt at Kenwood Tavern. We all had great times being able to just sit there. And like I said, everybody was very well receptive into the product. Everybody was just blown away by it. And I think that's probably the only thing we could ask for. It's like, I know that this is a very hard sell for an on-premise account because of our price point. It's, you know, we're not the $22 bottle, but when everybody's going, yeah, I just want something fun and interesting. Like that's new. Like that's what people are asking for. So I'm glad that really landed and resonated with a lot of folks too. Yeah. And for me, I got picked up at eight and drove for about an hour to our first account. My The Patrick who I was running with, who was an amazing rep, he's been in the the kind of hospitality distributor business for 15, 20 years maybe, but it's really super awesome guy. I had great conversations with him, but his whole territory is like kind of Southern Maryland along the kind of Chesapeake Bay. So we kind of start, it's about an hour to our first account, stop at Esquire, Liquors 
Akash was the buyer there and he had heard about us, listened to the podcast, which is always encouraging because you don't have to give the whole, well, let's all start with the podcast. And then they're like, what's a podcast <laughs> and all this stuff. So he was kind of familiar with product, excited to start it. So we went through, you know, tried some samples. He, he absolutely loved them. He, you know, it's funny, a theme ever, I think, you know, just because the category has grown and a lot of source brands have grown or got into the market. Everyone just assumes when you're walking in, you're you're walking in with another MGP. Another MGP. And so you start telling the story of, you know, we went the contract partnering route and different mash bills, different blends. And so he was really excited about that. And then he actually tried the product, you know, and he, they all asked the age and they're, you know, you say anywhere from four to six years old and, you know, they're automatically, you know, their head goes, oh, it's probably going to be okay, but young. But he tried them and he was like, wow, he was like, oh my gosh, I didn't think it was going to have this much flavor at that age point. And he's like, I'm really excited about this. And we were, we had brought some pup samples with us just to kind of like show, you know, what we're doing for the private selection program. Our intention wasn't really to sell any of the barrels, but it was for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was for Kenny, but I know before I, before Kenny and I broke ways, I go build relationships, not sales. Relationships will lead to sales. Yeah. <laughs> and, Anyways, so we tasted the pups, and he was, like, blown away and actually selected a, one of our rye barrels. So he was very excited about that. He was actually beforehand, he said, do not let me buy a rye barrel. <laughs> he goes, because rye is just a tough sell. But being there in Baltimore and having that Sagamore connection, you know, that kind of helped. And, too, he was like, this is just too good not to, to bring into our store because he, he does pride himself on his private selection program. It's According to my rep, it does really well in the area. Still, you know, single barrels are kind of down overall, but he said, you know, that account does really well and is trusted. So that was very encouraging on the, the very first stop. And then we went over to another place, SNW Liquors, and Kevin met Kevin Shiflet there, great owner. And I mean, this store was insane. Like it has like a normal liquor store kind of set up, but then you walk back and there's this huge tasting bar with just a wide array of bourbon selections and Kevin had to take a call to handle some things. And so I was just sitting there talking to one of the managers and I saw like, like 10 guys, like between the age of like 25 to 40, just walk in and just like pick up boxes of, you know, his single barrel picks and take them home. Like at our, and then they had Bartstown discovery 11 priced at like, $109 and I saw another like 10 people just come in and buy Discovery 11 like it, this store had so much action for like a midday Wednesday I've wow. never seen that before and Kevin just has also built up like kind of this Facebook group and following in the Baltimore area and so it, it was a fascinating and thing to see but he absolutely loved the product he actually had one of our old Pursuit series, I think it was like episode 34, 35, it was a 15 year. He's like, can you sell me one of these? I was like, nope, those are long <laughs> those gone. Are long gone. Unfortunately. But yeah, that was that was really exciting. And then finished, the day, we went to day, see Dave at over at, Dave Spain at Apple Green Wine Spirits. It was the shortest meeting ever. <laughs> we walk in, he's like, I heard a lot about, it. he's like, I've tasted everything. I just want to try your toasted bourbon. He tried it, he's like, yep, it's amazing. We'll take them all. And so that was it on the road. And then we had a, Awesome bottle signing at Barrel Nine Wine and Spirits down in Lusby, Maryland. And 
I mean, it's like right at the bottom of Chesapeake Bay. It's about 95 miles from Baltimore. And I get there, you know, and I meet Carolyn. She's amazing. But the bottle signing is supposed to start at 3.30, and there's not really anyone there. I'm starting to get nervous for we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, I mean, people just start walking in the door. And, I mean, probably I'd say 50 people showed up. Wow. And then I did a guided tasting, and then every person bought a bottle or two or three, and then there was a line to sign them. And it, it, while at the meantime, this is about 5, 5.30, and I'm supposed to be in Baltimore. At 6. At 6. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so I, try, I hurry up and sign. We're 90 miles away, and so Patrick's like, we got to go. We get in the car. We hustle back. I didn't make it to Drug City, which we had our – bottle signing in a tasting event till like 6 45 i walk in everybody's dead quiet and i was like this is awkward <laughs> and then well, there's a reason why yeah because kenny set him up <laughs> <laughs> before that though i do want to also give a shout out another account that i missed was hotel ulysses so if you are in that area go check that out it was like this cool like throwback to the 70s like that's what the whole bar was and it was just like but like you think like miami in the 70s right so like very kind of cool all right and then yeah so Let's, I want to talk about Drug City real quick. Shout out to George. He's the proprietor, the owner there. So this is this is not a liquor store. This is an institution, right? So you walk in and you're like, it's a mix of like a Bucky's, but also has like all this other stuff going on. So it is it is like, it's, it's a true, like it's a mix of like, you have a Walgreens. It actually started off as a pharmacy. So there's a pharmacy towards the back. You turn to the right, there's a liquor store. In the back left corner, there's actually United States Postal Service, like a, a legit United States Postal Service. In you go through this little, like, I don't know what you call, this is a door, you call it a corridor, and it's called the Fountain. And it's this place that does, they do, they have, it's a bar, so they got whiskey, they got hamburgers, they got milkshakes, they got crab cake sandwiches. And then you turn the corner and you go upstairs to their, like, their speakeasy room, which is where we were set up. And the whole place was packed. Like, it was great to be able to see that, be able to walk in and, like, just, like, everybody was already there already, which was funny because a lot of people got there at four thinking that's when it started. But they had also cracked open a William Lure Weller before we got there. And so it was, I don't know, it was on special. So by the time I walked in the door, they had just finished the last bottle of the William Lure Weller, which I'm not upset about it all i'd love to be able to see people that were really really enjoying it and then also shout out to kevin c over at tiktok uh, i know he's listens to this and he was there in person so it's great to finally get a chance to meet him as well but anyway yeah so i tried tap dancing and delaying as much as possible because i we knew ryan was be late we didn't know how late it was going to be but uh, they were like okay the the locals are getting restless we need to get started <laughs> so i was like okay let's go ahead and get it going so i did my best to do my long form winded of doing all of the talking and intros and the story before we actually get to the whiskey and stuff like that. And, and I had said, you know, when Ryan comes like, you know, let's all give him a big shout. And somebody said, well, what if we were just like dead quiet? <laughs> I said, That's way better. And, and so as soon as Ryan showed up, I was like, sir, if you need to, there's a, there's a seat in the corner. Like <laughs> you'd like to do that. So, but it was, it was good to be able to kind of riff on Ryan there. But yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things that the audience was engaged the entire time. We got through all of our presentation. And, you know, the cool thing, like they did it, right? George did it right. It was like, it was $60 to actually be in there, but you also got to take home a bottle, right? So that I think was the coolest thing. So no matter what, you got to take home a bottle with you. And 
the, the bad thing is, is you had to make the choice before you, you walked in the door. So as soon as you got in, they had three of our SKUs up there and you had to choose, do you want the rye, the finished rye, the sherry finished rye, or do you want the bourbon? And so you just had to grab whichever one. You didn't really know which one it was. So I saw some people actually trading hands afterwards. Mm. Be like, I, I really like this one. What about this one? I'm like, yeah, sure, you can have this one. So we did some signing and whatnot. And then, of course, shout out to Justin and George and everybody for bringing all kinds of crazy pours. There were Dusties. There was all the the Mount Vernons, the old MGPs and stuff like that, being able to try it. So shout out to them. It was a fantastic night. And But we didn't end it there. We we didn't eat all day long. Yeah, I was about to keel over. <laughs> so. like, my, Patrick, to his credit, he wanted to get as much done as possible. And we didn't stop for lunch. And I just you know, came off an airplane. So I had no, packed a lunch. And I'm, I'm at that barrel nine bottle signing. And I'm like... I'm like about to like, I felt like I was going to fall over because I just, it was like three o'clock and I had, I was like, can I get something? They brought me like a couple deviled eggs and whatnot and got me going, <laughs> give me some calories to, to get me back to, but yeah, we, it, it was late. I mean, the event ended at what, 10 or something. And it ended at 10. And, I had a fantastic lunch beforehand, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we had to just figure out like what the heck is open at 10 PM around there. And oddly enough, there was this Tex-Mex place like right next door. And some people were like, you sure you want to go there? <laughs> but we did. It seemed okay to me. It was actually really good. Yeah. We were joking. We're like, I mean, it was really good. And I was like, hopefully we're not like bridesmaids tomorrow. <laughs> Shitting in the street. <laughs> but it, it was really good. And there were no shits. No, no, no. Yeah. Then just drove to DC then woke up the next day and, and started going at it. So then in DC, you know, I'm going to also shout out to the person I was with all day, which was Jason. So Jason from Prestige, I swear, the more I got to talk to this guy, he's lived nine lives. He's done absolutely everything. It was like talking to Fred Minnick at times because it's like, okay, he's done everything except being a cruise director at this yeah. point. And so he was been in whiskey forever. He's got all these crazy bottles, all this other kind of stuff. So we had a really good conversation and stuff like that as well. But, you know, this was another day of hitting stuff in the city. So if you are in like the DC proper area, these are the places we went to. So you can go check out Potomac. They're going to have it soon. So shout out to Gabe. He brought it in. Also had a chance to talk to Jared and Krishna from Hop Casket Barrel. So when I was there, I got to really see Jason shine at when I was there too. So usually when you go into a store and you're, you know, you're giving your pitch, you're talking to people, you got to understand that people walk in the door, they're customers. And so you have to get out of their way. And whether it's deliveries, you got to get out of the way too, and they've got to take care of business. So pretty much every account visit, you're there for 45 minutes on average. So unfortunately, there is probably about a 20 minute window there where there was customers, there were deliveries. And you, so you had to kind of go through it pretty quickly. But Jared and Krishna is totally receptive, led the product. But there was somebody that came in and they really wanted to, they made, they wanted to make a Negroni, but they didn't want like Campari. And they brought a list of all this other kind of stuff. And Jared looks over to Jason. He's like, Jason, like, you know, this really well, can you just go take care of this? And so Jason like goes off and he brings back like three bottles and says like, here, this is what this flavor is like. This, what this one's like, this is about half the cost of this one. Like dude just knew everything about cocktails and every liqueur and every type of spirit that was out there. So it was fantastic. Like I learned a ton from him that day. Then after that, we went to Batch 13. Shout out to George and Alex. Got a chance to talk with George. His name is actually George from Georgia, like the country of Georgia. And it was a very interesting kind of place because he also imports Georgian wine. And like that's what he specializes in. And he loved all the whiskeys. You know, of course, the same question is like, okay, is this another MGP thing? He's like, no, 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 it's not MGP. And he tried it and he was like, 
course, blown away, just floored by it. And it was another cool conversation. So George, if you do listen to this, uh, we are interested because he was like, I want to bring you in to like, because he has his own import export. He was like, I'll bring it to Georgia and the surrounding countries. And I was like, okay, let's talk. I was like, here's, here's my conversation. You know, here's my not party. Atlanta, Georgia, not Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. So it, you can go look up the flag. I, I promise it's a, it's a real country there. Then after that, we went to uncorked, got a chance to meet with Katie over there again, liked it. And this was probably the, the best thing that probably happened was that somebody was, you know, they walked around, they came in, they were looking at the wall and they, they were asking for some Buffalo Trace stuff and whatnot. And, and Katie was like, oh, you know, you got to sign up on our list and so on and so forth. And I, I screamed. I was like, hey, why don't you come over here? Try this stuff. I guarantee it's better. And he was like, you're the guy from Pursuit, aren't you? And <laughs> And Katie was like, okay, so you know who this guy is? She was, he was like, yeah. He's like, I got into whiskey about like five months ago. And so I've, I've heard about it and stuff like that. So so he came over and I got a chance to try the product. So again, that was kind of a, a really kind of cool thing to be able to be like, here you go. Like th- this actually worked. And then after that, we went to Sherry's, which this was a very interesting thing. I, I got I got to see this happen in real life. We hear about happen all the time about people coming in and asking, you know, asking for whatever's behind the counter. But I, I got to see this unfold. This guy comes in. He looks like he just got done with a run. He's got gym shorts on. He's got a sweatshirt. And he looks right across the counter. He's like, hey, I need a bottle of Blanton's. And they, and then the score, by the way, when you're in DC, like there's museums everywhere, right? So you look at, I'm looking everywhere. I'm like, yeah, there's a ton of bottles here, stuff that you can't even get on the shelf anywhere there's a reason why so of course they have blantons but then he goes but i need the letter s i'm like okay <laughs> so they were they were like all right so they like had to go send somebody in the back to go dig through boxes to go look for the letter s and i'm sitting there going like i can't believe i just literally watch us unfold right in front of me but part of me was sitting there kind of like like can i just have him try our stuff to see if i can like just make one new believer here yeah, but he couldn't Fulfill the Shotsky. <laughs> yeah. He needs that is. I know. So I was like, oh, okay. But I watched it happen in, in real time there. Then, told him you put two C's together and you get an S. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. You just got to do a little welding. And then our last stop was over at MacArthur's. I didn't get to spend a ton, ton of time over there, but shout out to Paul and Tim. They had a chance to try the product. Again, liked it all. So this was a good opportunity. Great store, huge wine selection, great spirits. They had a bunch of stuff over there. So shout out to them over at MacArthur's too. Yeah. And while he was in DC, I had to get travel again. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kenny got all the condensed, nice routes. So we drove over to Annapolis, which was I was kind of excited about because I heard Annapolis is a really cool town. You know, you got the Naval Academy, obviously a lot of sailboats. Didn't really get to see any of that. I saw mostly inside liquor stores, but <laughs> but it was fun to go. We got, you know, we went to, I was with John Dunnan, who's one of, he was employee number one at Prestige. So it was fascinating hearing like how Prestige got started and, you know, the merge with LaDroy and then, you know, because they're, Prestige is mostly known for kind of bringing Willet to, you know, the DC area. And then from there you can kind of track trace Willett's rise in popularity from that kind of moment in time. And so it was just fascinating talking to him all day. And we went into a bunch of accounts. John is very efficient. Whereas Patrick is more, you can tell Patrick's more relationships like build. John's like, let's be as efficient as possible, get in and out. And to the store owners, we, it's funny when you kind of, sometimes you go into a store and somebody wants to talk to you, Everyone that day was just like, all right, let's taste it. They would taste it. They wouldn't give me feedback. And they're like, 
and you're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And like, do they like it? Do they not? And then they're like, all right, we'll take, we'll take them all. And so it was like just very efficient, like bam, bam, bam. So we hit probably five or six accounts. We went to, I got a list here. We went to, duh, duh, duh. we went to fish Paul, which is really cool. Cause it's like a hybrid between Paul's fruit market here in Louisville, fear local and a liquor store. So it was really cool. Is that Paul as in like the name Paul or Paul as in like Paul, a, like a dog Paul. <laughs> so fish have Paul's got it. Yep. And what was cool about that was actually there was like three of our fans sitting at the bar that knew I was coming and they were, they, so they got to try it along with us. How'd they was, know you were coming? I guess I, the, the store owner told oh, them. Yeah. How about it? And then we went to the winery, Port Tack, Perfect Pour, all great stores. And it was just a, oh, in Bayside and Eastport. And it was just a really long but efficient day. We, I did get to eat lunch that day. Finally, we went to a chicken Chicken roots, I think it's like a, like, I guess staple for crab cakes and, and sandwiches. Like it's this, this like kind of diner, diner that's really old and nostalgic and whatnot, but man, the food was incredible. So it like, I was very bloated (laughs) after lunch, but yeah, so we got done with our day and then got ready for our, our main event of the whole trip, which was uh, at Jack Rose. We get to Jack Rose, do the the presentation to their team and staff. They have a great team and staff. You walk in. This was my third time, but it had been since 2019 since I had been. And you walk in there and you still are just like, them. you're just blown away by the amount of bottles and shelves and ladders and whatnot when you walk in. It's just like walking in like a really huge museum of, of booze. It was my first time being there. Yeah, okay. what did you think? I, it met expectations. I mean, it's... You know, they call it the Mecca whiskey. You walk in and there's literally like it's floor to ceiling, wall to wall bottles everywhere. And it's definitely I was like, okay, yep, this is exactly like I had pictured. Yeah. And so, you know, we do the presentation and Jack's is a pretty, you know, large space for, you know, most of the time if you can get like 30 to 40 people to show up for you at something, you're like pretty thrilled. So it's 30 to 40 is not going to fill that entire space. And so you're really kind of nervous, but like starting about 20 minutes before you start seeing people outside line up, like, and they wouldn't, they weren't opening the, the staff up for, cause they're still prepping setting up. They weren't letting them in. And it was like, okay, wow. Not till, not till five o'clock on the dot. People were showing up and then it was national margarita day. So yeah, it was. Um, cause their plan was we were going to sample, but they were going to have cocktails for sale. And then they're, they're like, do you want a signature cocktail? And I think it was Kenny's idea. It was like, it is margarita day. Or we talked about the Rarita. And they're like, well, let's make the Rarita. So they made a fantastic Rarita. Those were very popular. And I mean, that place was shoulder to shoulder by the end of the night. I mean, I I was blown away by the response and how many fans and Fans of ours, but whiskey fans in general, just showed up. It was a truly incredible night. I mean, you had people showing up with Burn Pursuit t-shirts, bringing us swag and all this and that. And it, you know, the staff at Jack Rose was like, "This is one of the like best like high top. They call it a high top dram experience that we've had in like a very long time." So that was encouraging, very exciting. Then your boss shows up, Blake. (laughs) Blake and D come, which was awesome, and so. We hung out with them, then, you know, we were like, you know, the night's kind of winding down, and we're like, well, let's go try to hit up the town, check out some cocktail bars so we can look at some ideas for our space downtown. I walk up, and Ed is like, all right, 
we're going to have some dusty pours. And I'm like, okay, what, I mean, you know, I was like, what are you thinking? And he's like, I don't know. It started off at like 30 to $70 was the price. And I was like, okay, I can go find some stuff. So we found some pre-fire Heaven Hill, a couple bottles from there, some old charter from Bernheim, fantastic whiskeys. Then maybe he got a little more drunk. He's like, all right, let's up the ante. And, <laughs> and so we, we went and found and got a, a I can't remember exactly what barrel I will it 15 year, but my gosh, it was incredible. I really want, I hadn't had an old granddad and from the eighties in a long mm-hmm. time. So I was looking at those, but rightfully so they've been really hard to come by. So they're priced pretty high. They were out of our, our Ed's budget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but two, I was walking through, you know, just kind of scouring through and I found some pretty cool value pours in there that, that will it, you know, was at the time sourcing from heaven hill and this was in the late 90s and whatnot so there were some really cool old bards towns that had pre heaven hill whiskey in them that were relatively inexpensive so that place is just amazing because you can just go and explore and try you can taste their history there it, it's truly a really cool experience yeah so like i said shout out to ed thank you so much for dusty pours and i know there's other people that brought us stuff as well can't say thank you enough the outpouring of love is just something that you just can't go back and think like god damn i can't believe this this many people actually like us and listen to us so yeah it's fantastic it was it was very humbling and encouraging too it's people are excited about whiskey in maryland and dc it, it felt like it felt like i was taking a step back in time in louisville probably five to seven years ago you know where people are just getting like really excited about and this and that it, it was it was exciting yeah for sure and then I, I don't remember all the bars we went to i just remember the coolest one which was you had to walk be walk through a mirror yeah mirror bar to get into it and i was like ah this is pretty sweet and i was playing 90s hip-hop which was obviously blake's favorite you know, <laughs> but you know us too because we kind of grew up in that in that range that yeah. late 90s early 2000s so they're hit, playing all those hits so it was kind of nostalgic for yeah. us you guys had to have done underbergs that there i assume right I oh, don't even remember. I hate Underbergs. I you don't do. do those. He normally like will Underbergs. have. That's normally a spot where he's like, "All right, we gotta stake this yeah. flag in the ground." <laughs> yeah. Underberg time. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to get off the Blake Reaver cruise <laughs> by the end of the night. It was, it was. Uh, he's funny, man. Yeah, it was great to hang out with him, though. Yeah, and through all this, we had an opportunity to hang out with our ambassador team. So I also want to give a shout out to Dan. Kurt, Joseph, and David just for coming out to all these events and saying hi. But they were all there for the next day, which not only people know like how this works when you work with the distributors, you have to go do these general sales meetings, which is you go and you have you're with about three to five, maybe probably five to six different products. And they could be whiskeys, but they could be tequilas, they could be jalapeno infused rice whiskeys. They could be all kinds of different things that are there. And so you have 15 to 20 minutes to go and present your pitch essentially to to the sales team. And this is one thing I hope as any ambassadors listen to this, I want to empower you to be able to do these because we can do them, but this is something that it's just, it's so easy just to continually get in front of sales teams on a regular basis. You just have to be able to sign up and be able to be there to be able to do it because they do it every once a month on Fridays or something like that. So it's an opportunity to be able to get in front of the sales team so they can understand your story. They can try the product and they're more empowered to actually go out there and sell on your behalf too. But we had an opportunity as well. This is another idea that came from Mike over at Prestige Detroit. And he said like, listen, you all do this United breakdown at your distillery. I think you all should bring it here and have the sales team do it. And we're like, actually, that's that's not a bad idea. So we 
brought some bottles. We actually shipped them over there first and had an opportunity to actually have get a chance to have them do the entire breakdown after our presentation and then go through and try all the other whiskeys as well. So very excited to be able to work with them and making sure that happens. And then after that, we had our last bottle signing, which was going to be at All View Liquors over at Justin's place over there. So I want to say shout out to Justin. Thank you so much for having us there. And again, super generous with everything. We also had a chance to continue Stout Friday because they do they did a barrel-aged stout and so had an opportunity to actually do continue that tradition, even though we were looking at it and going like, maybe we won't have to drink today. But we did. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, he brought that out and some like dusty turkey and four roses picks. Justin's so generous and excited about the category and he just wants to get people trying and tasting and whatnot. He, he, and he's got a great store there. I mean, once again, I mean, we, I, I think he sent us the sales and it was like 75, 80 bottles or something. Yeah, I was about to And say. what was cool about that was they were evenly spread amongst the three SKUs. It was like 26, 24, 27, you know, so that was encouraging that, you know, sometimes you just either get a lot of rye or a lot of bourbon, but no, all three SKUs did real, relatively well. So that, that's encouraging as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that was a, a great bottle signing. Thank you again to everybody who came out. I was like floored with the response and the turnout. I had no idea that we're, I mean, th- th- to give you an idea, like this liquor store is about the size of our recording studio times two, maybe like that's about it. It's, I think it was like 250 square feet. Like it wasn't, yeah. wasn't a ton of space, but I mean, at one point we had 30 people in there, but I mean, 30 wrote, it's probably 30 at the clips, but you know, your people rotating in and out, but I'm sure there was 30 people just huddled around our little table. So it was very encouraging to be able to see that. So thank you again, everybody that came out. Again, it's just one of those things that we don't take for granted. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to meet all of the, the listeners that are out there. And I'm just excited that you all like our whiskey as much as we do, because I know we've got a fantastic product and we're putting it out there. And this is this is what's going to get us into whiskey full time. So we can crank out content. We can crank out whiskey. We can do all that sort of stuff. So always appreciate the support going forward, too. Ryan, you and I talked about this. Uh, I think it was kind of in the middle of your trip we were on the phone but you know i'm kind of curious what what is it that you think really lets the product shine in this market the way that you all got to see it from i don't know maybe some of the responses it seems like we've either had in other markets or here in town you know when we were talking on the phone i was like well you know one thing we have to keep in mind is when you're in you're in kentucky like mecca then you're up against everybody and every brand because they're almost always going to be here. And that's not necessarily the same in other markets. Is is that part of it? Or, you know, what what do you think it was the response that that was so positive? Yeah, I think there's something to that. When you're in a market like Kentucky or Texas or Ohio, every, you know, those are the biggest whiskey markets. So it's very, very, very competitive. I mean, you know, even the probably the best stores that we visited probably only had 30% of the bourbon skews that I normally see here in like Kentucky or Texas. I mean, obviously they have everything from the, the big, big guys, brands, yeah. but as far as like the new up and coming craft, like I've never saw still Austin mm-hmm. anywhere. I saw one place have been holiday. You know, there was definitely very little starlight. I mean, it's, it just kind of there was a I think there's a niche there because they have all the big brands and the brands that are there are are you know not saying this is good or bad but they're all kind of sourced MGP brands you know so I think 
and I think too we had that with that Sagamore relationship it really resonated with a lot of consumers I think it's a lot more people appreciate rye whiskey in that market I could tell that for sure versus you know Texas or Kentucky or Ohio and I think it's just a new and exciting product and when you can get in front of people and then present the you know versus just sitting it on a just putting it on a shelf and you know it's just another bottle when you can go and engage with the staff members and customers about what you're doing they're they're kind of excited about it. they're like whoa this is really cool and they're they're more accepting of our concept than someone in Kentucky, Texas, Ohio or whatever southern that are just like I just want Kentucky straight bourbon that's it you know whereas people up there are interested in new flavors new you know new methods of getting a product on the shelf so that it was very encouraging yeah, that and I loved it. It was actually one of the first places I went to. Like, so what makes this any different than Sagamore? And I said, well, this is actually one of the easiest conversations I could have. And it was it was kind of a catalyst for the time. I said, listen, our blend and our rye whiskey, even though it comes from Sagamore, a large majority of it, it's going to taste completely different because of our blending, the methodology. And since we have three different mash bills we're playing with, like they've got two, we've got three. And they've got a different methodology on how they blend their proof point and where we get it to. So if you take ours and you compare it and you do it side by side to something that's just like pure Sagamore, you're going to notice a difference. And plus, to be, you know, to be fair, it's like a lot of stuff that buys Sagamore, you turn the bottle around today, it says, you know, it also has MGP in it. And that will be phased out, at least from what I understand, they'll be phased out this year. So the 2024 will be the year of Sagamore, if you will. But like I said, it was one of those things, like if you put this side by side with it, you'll recognize right away that it is a, a different tasting whiskey, but it was an easy conversation to have. The other thing I loved about this trip too, was that just how densely populated the areas, how easy it was to kind of get to, because sometimes it's like we can make a trip, but you're just going to Dallas or you're going to Columbus, Cincinnati and all these places and you're driving forever. It was like, this was like, you go to Baltimore, you're there and then you drive an hour and a half or maybe actually not even an hour and a half, an hour and you're in DC and you're just like in heavily populated areas. So it was really kind of cool to have this sort of concentration come together that I feel made it very successful for us to be down there. It didn't feel like we wasted any time at all. It was just a way that we were able to connect with a bunch of people at once. So I really appreciated it. Yeah. And it's a unique area too, because like you have Virginia, which is a control state. So you have a lot of people who live in Virginia that work in DC or Baltimore that drive in a ton, but they don't necessarily get access to the products they want. So you have a lot of that consumer base driving in. Also too, in Balt and actually Maryland, the counties are different from each other and how, so like there's some counties that act like an ABC. There's one, uh, it's Montgomery County. Montgomery County, which is a pretty large county. So a lot of those residents will go into other counties that are more, you know, free market co uh, concepts. So it's just a fascinating market. Like that one store I was talking about where all these people came in, I was like, where are these people coming from? And he's like, they're contractors from like, you know, the federal government or they're like diplomats that are traveling in or this and that, you know, so it's just like this melting pot of like consumers from all different parts of the country and world that all just kind of congregate there, congregate there. So, yeah. Yeah, the Sagamore piece was another, you brought it up twice, and then you mentioned it a little bit too, was another one that I was kind of curious about, whether that was a, a, a tie-in at all, or like kind of helped uh, with the brand. You guys kind of already answered that already, though. It does help in that regard, that because it's someone they've heard of. Some people in Kentucky may have heard of Sagamore, but not most people don't. You have Is Sagamore kind of, really popular in, in those markets? Oh, yeah, God, Sagamore, yeah. that's their best state. But, you know, you tell somebody 
in Kentucky, oh, we work with Sagamore. They're like, well, who's that? And then you have to give the story about you heard of Under Armour and Kevin Plank and this and that, which really, I mean, obviously it was the catalyst, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the whiskey, but it just gets people, oh, Under Armour, it must be have good. You heard then. of Under Armour? You're yeah. going to love this ride. <laughs> yeah. Do you like, you know, your compression shorts from, from Under Armour? You're going to love this ride. You're going to love yeah. cast-strength whiskey on your throat. <laughs> so it, it definitely, like, gives like you know customers understand who that is and they understand they make a quality product so it definitely it resonates more there than other markets it's for sure what's a takeaway what's something you guys learned from this either about your brand i don't you know ryan i'm sure you're going to be like it was it was a stroke that we needed just to keep going not necessarily that which you could get into if you wanted to though but you know is there stuff that from this trip that you can apply to going into other markets or like just about the reception that you saw from people that helps you reflect more on the brand as a whole or any kind of takeaways like that? Yeah. For me, it just like, as we talked about and Kenny talked about on the you know last episode about choosing a distributor partner, like they absolutely, I mean, they cared. They, they knocked it out of the park. I mean, they knew the exact accounts, the exact people we need to meet. Like, and I get it, you, you know, sometimes when we do market visits or launch, you know, these distributors have thousands of brands they have to cover and it's hard to like allocate resources. And so sometimes you're doing these and you're like trying to get this exact thing set up. And it was just like a really encouraging, refreshing, you know, that a distributor was really there for us. You know, obviously it's a, it, it's a mandated part of the three tier system. But to see a company that really like is a partner with you and really wants to help you grow was just really awesome. And I wish like I'm like I'm like I wish we could blueprint their model. And <laughs> I was like I wish y'all could like recreate this like across the country. And and I think they are there. They have the independent distributor network that they have across the country. Um, and Prestige is a part of that. So yeah, it just it just showed that like okay, this is you can take something that's mandated but really elevate, you know, the supplier from the distribution side. Like it, it makes it a win-win for, for both parties. And, and it makes that relationship just more fruitful, I guess, even out into the market. Distribution is a very important part of this game. A lot of consumers don't understand that, that your bottles just don't show up on shelves. You have to sell to the sales teams. You have to sell to the distributors. You have to get those connections. Then you have to go to accounts and meet with accounts, get them comfortable with you. And, and it takes like six touch points to actually get a bottle on the shelf and prestige made that as seamless as possible for us. Yeah. And I don't think I, I didn't know this, but it just reiterates it. And it's just one of the hard conversations that I have to have with my wife of just the importance of being out there and engaging with our fans and the people that actually want to come and meet us and try your whiskey and stuff like that. It's like I, I know I know it's important. It's just hard because of family obligations and other things going on. And every single time I bring up the idea of travel to my wife, she immediately is just like, you just went on something, right? And, and I, I just one of those things that when you do this, you do have that that moment of just kind of like, wow, like, you know, people care. Like, it's a, it's a really kind of cool thing. And I think I had posted something on Facebook on our personal feed the other day. It's like, I still can't believe this started off with, you know, a microphone in Ryan's basement and we're still here and we're still kind of going at it and, and this many people care. So, you know, hopefully, you know, that'll, it'll lighten up where we can travel more one of these days, but it just reiterates the, the 
the touch point, the handshakes, and be able to have that that one to one connection with folks that you know actually care and have a vested interest in it. Yeah, to uh, and to be very to and I'm and I'm not saying our other distributors don't didn't, haven't done as good job. We launched in the heat of the pandemic, 2020, 21 and 22, where you couldn't go do these things, you know, out into the market. So we're having to backtrack and go kind of redo these launches with our existing distributors. Cause during that time you couldn't go meet and greet people, do bottle signings and all that. So it's, so it's definitely given us like ideas and stuff to go, how can we relaunch into other markets? Like where we're already existing and prestige just gave us kind of really of a great blueprint that we can go and replicate in other markets. Pursuit Road Trip 2024? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe like one more state. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the hard thing about we're, – we're definitely going to be in Atlanta in two weeks, or not even two weeks, next week when this comes out. So we'll be in Atlanta the 7th and 8th, right? Yeah, but I don't know if they have anything set up. I think it's just a mostly distributor contact and some other folks. It's not a public-facing thing. Gotcha. Which we should have probably done something public-facing somewhere. Yeah, but maybe we can pull a an audible and scramble and make it happen. Yeah. So after that, the hard part about this year is, you know, obviously we still got a lot of construction we need to do here at the distillery. And then downtown is going to take a lot of focus throughout the year. So we're really going to be hyper-focused on that and, and just trying to get, you know, comfortable with our processes. We're bottling, again, a bunch of batches next week because we're sold out, which is encouraging. <laughs> so... Yeah, we're we're going to be tied up here a lot, but definitely these market visits are very valuable and important for the success of the brand. Very exciting. Guys, thanks for diving into all that. That was, that was great for anyone who was not there to get to hear a little bit about that process. It was a good debrief. I think we said a lot of thank yous and another big thank you to everybody that came out. It was just overwhelming to you were part of the success so thank you so much guys thanks for another episode here behind the pursuit if you have questions for the guys if you guys have topics for upcoming podcasts podcast at pursuitspirits.com send us a line love to get it on the show thanks again everybody for listening to the episode guys thanks for debriefing a little bit on this one until next time everyone we'll see you later cheers toodles you had to sign a bottle that said toodles didn't you i did <laughs> <laughs>